I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Today, we're going to discuss in detail Governor Murphy's new Jim Crow anti-Second Amendment carjacker protection bill. That's right, folks. Our governor, never short of various laws to slam our Second Amendment rights and our liberty and freedom, has really put forward just a doozy here. And this one is so incredibly absurd, stupid, and egregious, we have to discuss it and you have to know what it really says, not what the media is letting you know it says. And we're going to get into these details. I'm going to show you exactly why I say what I say and what you need to do to help fight this atrocity on our Second Amendment rights. The bill is officially A4769. That's where you can find it. You can read it for yourself uh, in the state legislative website. But instead here, I'm going to give you the detail on the highlights of the most unbelievable provisions that exist in it, of which there are many. You need to know that who the sponsors of the folks that want to take our rights, those that don't respect our liberties, those that get out there and uh, promote these anti-gun bills to try to keep law-abiding citizens as victims and not defenders. These are the people that are basically giving the finger to the Bruin decision and our Second Amendment. And remember, for over 50 years, we had a carry permit law that only allowed the elites to have carry licenses, less than 600 in the whole state. And now, with the elimination of the elitist protection element called justifiable need that was in that, where now your average law-abiding citizen can qualify by getting training and meeting the requirements of good character to get a carry license, they've embarked on creating a giant monstrosity of a gun ban hidden in a cloak of a claim of public safety to somehow try to get around the fact that they can no longer use the justifiable need to keep the elites as the only ones that can have carry. As a matter of fact, since the Bruin decision has opened up, the state police say there have been 300,000 applications for carry licenses already in New Jersey. And this has just been, you know, a number of months. So you can see they can't stand that law-abiding citizens have the nerve, the audacity to want to carry and have the most effective means of self-defense against crime, especially against rampant crime in a defund-the-police age. We can't have citizens defend. You must be a victim. And this is their effort to continue that tradition. And it's also combined with the 
very historical tradition of uh, Jim Crow by Southern Democrats, essentially the Democrat historical tradition and its racist roots of gun control. And I'm going to show you how that works in the bill. The bill actually bans your ability to have your handgun that you have a permit to carry for in your own private vehicle, thereby ensuring to protect carjackers from uh, any of their activities uh, against law-abiding citizens. And I'm going to show you the actual way they're accomplishing this. So let's start our review of this bill. Now, by the way, this bill does not just impact carry licensing, but they're also put into provisions, almost like their uh, their wish list here of more gun laws to package in, uh, new laws that will affect permits to purchase and firearm ID cards as well. The rationales given up front in the bill are downright laughable. They come right out of... Uh, Goebbels uh, propaganda mill and it is the uh, Orwellian Ministry of Truth that styles them. Uh, for example, here's one of the rationales in the preface for the bill. Uh, pre this is me quoting this. This is what they're saying, one of the basis for their reasons is, uh, previously application of the justifiable need standard Minimize the serious dangers of misuse and accidental use inherent in the carrying of handguns in the public place. Oh, really? Justifiable need was a requirement that individuals show that they need to carry a handgun because they themselves were facing an imminent threat of serious bodily injury or death against them personally and that carrying a handgun was the only way to avert those threats. It has absolutely, justifiable need had absolutely nothing, zero, to do with dangers of misuse and accidental use inherent in carrying handguns in a public place. Nothing. But, hey, that doesn't stop us from putting a lie directly in our rationale in why we need to pass this atrocity. Oh, look, they also say here, remember, they're claiming that that sensitive place prohibitions are rooted in history and tradition. They're analogous to historical laws found from the founding era of Reconstruction and are found in modern laws in many states. History and tradition support at least the following location-based restrictions. So why are they saying that? Because that's the standard that Bruin says a state has to meet. But they can't just meet that standard by making claims. They have the burden of proving it. Well, good luck with proving it. And let me sh share with you some of the places they claim there's a historical tradition in prohibiting firearms. We're talking back in either 1791 with the... Um, ratification of the Second Amendment, or in the 1860s with the uh, passage of the 14th Amendment. And you're, they're going to claim that, you know, back then uh, there was prohibitions 
on places where intoxicating substances were sold, places where large groups of individuals congregate, and places where volatile conditions may pose a threat to public safety. I guess they never heard of the Sons of Liberty. They used to meet in these places called, oh, taverns. And you know what they sold in taverns? It wasn't orange juice, folks. Okay? It was alcohol. And it was places of congregation of our founders. Oh, there's a huge historical tradition preventing arms in those places. Absolutely the opposite. They brought their guns, had their guns, and historically, guns in taverns was the standard. There's no law prohibiting that. Oh, but they'll make the bold claim there is? Good, let's see that law. I can't wait to see it. How about this? Laws that prohibit parks and other recreation spaces including locations where children congregate. Well, folks, when the militia was called out, you know where they were called to? The Green at Lexington and Concord. The Green, what was it? It was a public area, park, recreation, etc. That was the Green. They marched on Green, paraded on the Green, called to the Green, called to these very places with their arms. Again, good luck showing those prohibitions from the 1790s or 1860s that you cannot have a firearm for self-defense in a park. Right. Oh, but they're claiming it. They're claiming it. And they also twist in this just magical fashion that a historical record supports restriction of firearms possession on private property when the owner is not given their consent. And so what New Jersey's doing is requiring consent from property owners before carrying weapons on private property. So in other words, they're making the presumption you're banned from any private property or commercial property unless there's an affirmative sign that says you may carry your gun here. Literally, you have to have a sign allowing it. Otherwise, the default is that you are prohibited and therefore in violation. Sorry, it's not how it works. It's not how it's ever worked. And express permission to exercise the constitutional right is not required, hasn't been required. I mean, could you imagine this on any other right, you know, before you're able to practice your religion, there must be a public sign that says you're allowed to do it. Or before you can engage in free speech, a public sign saying, yes, you may speak freely here. Same thing. And they're claiming beyond hilarity here that this is somehow historically rooted. Oh, good luck with that. Let's look at the actual law itself and some of the provisions that are that are contained within. There's a lot, but I'm going to point out just the some highlights that I really think uh, need to be 
noted. Number one, there is a separate uh, licensing fee increase. And the licensing fee increase is not just for carry permit, but there is a fee increase for a handgun purchase permit to $25, a firearm ID card permit fee raised 10 times, by the way, the permit for the handguns more than 10 times, the firearm ID card is 10 times, raised to $50, and then 10 times the fee for a carry permit, which is raised to $200. So they're increasing the fees by 10 times. And that, of course, is classic Jim Crow right there, classic. Uh, just what the poll taxes uh, did. You know, you, you have it so that the low-income citizens are discriminated against. And not only do you have this massive fee increase, but part of this bill requires that you purchase gun owner liability insurance. And by having to buy that, that's going to be, who knows, hundreds and hundreds of dollars per year on that. Plus the training requirement. Paying for that, and even the ammunition and all, it's going to be easily somewhere between five hundred and a thousand dollars just to get your carry license. And so, this discrimination will affect, of course, low-income citizens uh, much more than elite citizens that don't have those financial concerns. Look, you know, Forbes magazine in uh, June of twenty-one, they. They uh, published an article that made it clear. Do you know that blacks make 30% less than whites in America? Black households, they have just one-eighth of the wealth that white households have. And the median income, by the way, for black families is 20000 less than the national median income. So... You go at it financially in this way, and you see the institutionalized racism being promoted by the Democrats when it comes to denying the Second Amendment rights to low-income citizens. And, of course, that's a tradition with Democrats from, you know, the Civil War through the KKK. It was always the Democrats and, and all. So here they are uh, sticking to their historic roots, but I don't think when they try to argue the tradition, text, and history, they should utilize the argument that, in fact, New York did utilize and failed, claiming that there was a historic tradition in prohibiting uh, blacks, Indians, and Catholics from having guns. And they actually made that argument, uh, again, in the tradition of their racist roots to try to uphold this wonderful tradition. It's disgusting. And the Democrats have no shame and they promote it yet again here in this bill uh, by dramatically making the fees uh, 10 times and imposing other fees and costs that did not exist because you want to exercise your Second Amendment rights. So I'm going to explain to you some other really surprising elements of this bill including, but not limited to, 
how retired police officers are also prohibited, just like citizens with carry permits. They didn't make any exception for retired law enforcement. We'll talk about that and plenty of other things when we come back. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Hey folks, we're back. Thanks for being a listener to Gun Lawyer. We're able to get the word out and give you information that the lamestream legacy media sure won't do. And... We're talking about this atrocity, this bill that Murphy's trumpeting and it's going to jam through the legislature within the next few weeks. You've got to take action. And in order to take action, you need to go to the uh, state association, go to their website, angrpc.org. They're the NRA affiliate in New New Jersey, official state affiliate. They have uh, the uh, links there you to take action. You need to do that. You need to send it out to your legislators and do it every day because they're trying to jam this through. Tell them this is absolutely outrageous and wrong and should not be done. And let's jump into some of the new prohibitions that they're placing on the carry license. Number one, it's going to require that your handgun be carried in a holster concealed on your person. So open carry is out, and it has to be in the holster and concealed. And it says uh, further that a holster, by the way, is defined in the bill as having to have, first of all, a retention strap. So if you have a Kydex or anything else without a retention strap, That's illegal. It's a fourth-degree crime, a felony, if your gun's in a holster without a retention strap. So uh, they literally put that in the law. So that's one of the things they're going to require to set a trap to uh, get you disenfranchised of your Second Amendment rights because you get convicted of a fourth-degree crime. You've totally lost your 
gun rights. By the way, they've changed things that need to be added to the application, including when you apply, you must uh, also state any aliases or other names that you've previously used. And it made me think of that Ron White comedy, uh, you know, where it's uh, called Tater Salad. So I guess Ron's going to have to put Tater Salad down on his app when he applies. Oh, by the way, they're increasing the number of reference of references your uh you you need to have um endorsements and it has to be by not no longer three people you see three aren't enough it has to be at least four people to get this four and they can't be relatives by blood or law and on top of that the police must interview interview all your references and they must interview you so interviews are now part of it with an increase in references and guess what they're interviewing about folks this is just spectacular that you've not engaged in any acts or made any statements that suggest this is the actual word suggest the applicant is likely likely to engage in conduct other than lawful self-defense that would pose a danger to the applicant or others. In other words, your social media posts. If you put anything out there in social media that in any way suggests that you might be here doing this kind of conduct, and of course, what does any of that mean? Who knows? You're going to get denied, and they have a right to ask you to reveal your social media. And so this is the utilization of social media in the way that the Chinese communists use it. They've adopted the Chi-Com social scale type investigatory tool now. This is what we're looking at because you have the nerve to want to exercise your Second Amendment right. The chief, in fact, is um, is mandated to make this interview, mandated to inquire and investigate whether this is the case, and they uh, may require the information from the applicant or the references uh, regarding any of this social media. So it becomes part and parcel of it. Of course, we mentioned there's the um, requirement for firearm carry liability insurance. They've extended the timeline so that instead of it being deemed approved after 60, it's going to be 90 days. But that's only when it's deemed complete by the by the officers. So of course, they can deem it whenever they want to deem it. So the number of days is kind of a just a lie, just a false number of days. Since it still rests with them to quote deem your application complete. Good luck with that. Then the um, the history here is then expanded. So so that 
there's a requirement for training and such, which did exist, but they've expanded what's required. And there's a specific courses that they're going to look for, including online courses. And here's a good one. The new training requirement, they even state this, that if you've had a carry permit issued prior to this, it's only going to be good for 90 days until you complete the new training requirement. So they're retroactively trying to jam you up on the training requirements here. So get ready for that. It's bad. A retroactive revocation, if you will, until you meet the latest training requirements. Okay. Oh, by the way, the limits for your liability insurance, you have to have 100000 for injury, 300000 as well for uh, one person so injured or killed, 25000 in property damage. Now, here's the kicker. Proof of insurance has to be displayed and carried. So you're going to have to carry your insurance card with you at all times, just like in a motor vehicle. You have to have it, and you have to show it. If you fail to show it, that's an offense. If you fail to have it, that's an offense. So you have to have it. It's a fourth-degree crime. And then, again, that's 18 months state's prison and losing your gun rights uh, as a convicted felon if you don't get this insurance that's being mandated, which, by the way, it isn't even clear that such insurance is available. It might even be prohibited in insurance, considering Murphy's prior declarations of insurance uh, for firearms. What the cost of this is going to be, who knows? I'm sure hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But again, that's pursuant to what the Democrats want to do. They want to, you know, uh, get that discrimination against low-income citizens. So this is another mechanism to make that happen. Now, if you get your carry permit, there's a whole new host of restrictions that they're putting forward. You can't uh, consume alcohol or cannabis or controlled substance while carrying a handgun. And you can't, as a separate restriction, now you can't be under the influence of alcohol, cannabis, or control. So if you even consume a beer even though you're not in any way intoxicated, you are in violation and can be subject to the criminal penalty. You can't carry that handgun unless it's in that specific holster. You can't carry more than two firearms at one time. I guess most folks don't carry more than uh, two firearms at one time, but uh, that's because we really, most of us don't have more than two hands. But, hey, it's still a prohibiting factor as to what they're going to count as two firearms. If you carry the handgun, you you cannot refuse to let a law enforcement officer inspect it. That's a fourth-degree crime as well. Um, Furthermore, if you're stopped or detained while carrying it, you have to immediately disclose to the officer that you're carrying it. You have to display the permit to carry the handgun and the liability insurance card. And if you fail to do any of that, it's a crime of the fourth degree as well, felony level offense. Then they put in a uh, a new provision here that 
says, uh, let me grab this here. Okay. Further restriction. Ready? A place owned, leased, or under the control of state, county, or municipal government used for the purpose of government administration, including but not limited to police stations. And then it goes on to entire swaths of banned places, including, by the way, within 100 feet of a place where there's a public gathering, demonstration, or event held for which a government permit is required during the conduct of such gathering, demonstration, or event. So I wonder about what a government permit means. Does that mean a zoning permit, by the way, that allows a range to have target shooting matches or competitions such as draw and fire? Does that now become a a prohibition? Or does that simply come still within an exemption to exempt it? I don't know. I'm sure that'll be worked out. Uh, You're barred from parks, a beach, or recreational facility. Oh, by the way, a youth sports event. And here's an interesting thing. During and immediately preceding the conduct of the event. So what if you're not even attending the event, but during and preceding it? Publicly owned or leased library or museum? Bars or restaurants where alcohol is served for consumption. You don't have to be drinking, but if it's served there, you're prohibited. A privately or publicly owned and operated Entertainment facility within the state, including but not limited to a theater, stadium, museum, arena, racetrack, or other place where performances, concerts, exhibits, games, or contests are held. So any of those things, privately or publicly, you're prohibited. The last thing they want you to do is be able to defend yourself in a movie theater because luckily no mass shootings ever take place in movie theaters where you might need to defend yourself. Get a load of this now. You're prohibited from an airport or public transportation hub. How do you even transport your firearm to fly or to travel when there's that blanket prohibition on airport and transportation hubs? I don't know because... The exemption doesn't talk about, even in New Jersey exemptions, going to airports and travel. You're going to have to still rely upon the federal preemption. And here, New Jersey is creating a unique, specific prohibition of that place. How about the public location used for making motion pictures or television images for theatrical, commercial, or educational purposes during such time, the location is being used for that purpose. Oh, my gosh. They put in the Alex Baldwin law in New Jersey. You can't even do films now with gun. Wow. Well, I guess that's good. That'll cut out any of that movie-making money. And I never thought the movie makers should have special, special abilities to uh, get around the gun laws, right? And so there you go. The Alex Baldwin uh, prohibition is there. Any private property, including but not limited to residential, commercial, industrial, agricultural, institutional, or undeveloped property, unless the owner 
has provided express consent or has posted a sign saying it is permissible to carry. Just outrageous, folks. Get a load of this now. Any person who carries it, and this is now in a motor vehicle, okay, even though you have that carry permit, in a motor vehicle, the handgun is un, must be unloaded and in a closed and securely, securely fastened case, gun box, or locked unloaded in the trunk of the vehicle. And it says, a holder of a valid permit to carry shall not leave the handgun outside of their immediate possession. And it has to be in this closed and fastened case and unloaded. And here's the deal. It says the only exemption to this, the only exemption. Now, a person lawfully carrying a firearm are those within the exemptions of A and C of 39.6. A and C of 39.6 are various military and law enforcement officers. But you know what they did not include under 39.6? Subsection L. L's not included in this, folks. And L is the retired police officer card. If you're an o- if you're an RPO card holder and carrier, you are not exempt. Even you cannot have your handgun loaded in your own personal vehicle under this bill. That's right. They did not exempt you. They specifically included you in it. So keep that in mind, retired police officers who supported via their unions the Democrat candidates for office. This is what you get. And this is what's going on. It is disgusting. New Jersey eats their own. And here you see it. And if you violate this, again, it's a felony level offense, a crime of the fourth degree. They also add a section that says a person purchasing firearm or firearm ammunition shall be required to disclose in a written document under a penalty on a form prescribed by the superintendent whether the firearm or ammunition to be purchased is intended to be transferred to a third party and the name and address of a third party if known. So if you want to buy some hunting ammo and share it with your son or daughter, You better have this form completed, that you acquired it with that intention. I mean, what the heck? This is like nuts, frankly. And and if you're acquiring a firearm for another person, well, that's highly regulated under federal law and, 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 and can often be quite illegal as a straw man sale. So I guess they want you to incriminate yourself first before you commit a straw sale? I mean, what is this? It, it, it makes, but there it is, so more restriction on ammunition here as uh, thrown in as just a little uh, a bonus, I guess. Look, folks, this is an atrocity, and it is Murphy's Jim Crow anti-2A carjacker protection bill. We need to stop it. You need to make sure that you uh, contact 
your legislature legislators and let them know that it's utterly and completely unacceptable that uh, this is just a complete violation of our Second Amendment rights and ignoring the Supreme Court's ruling. Uh, it is just an atrocity, and you need to um, take action, and the minimum action, I, t- I would suggest, is uh, go to uh, anjrpc.org. That's the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Association, anjrpc.org. If you're not already a member of the association, you need to join the association. If you are a member, you would have gotten these alerts. You're going to continue to get these alerts, and they're very time-sensitive, and they're sent out as soon as can possibly be done, and they have the links for you to just click and send those emails. We need to inundate the legislature with our voices being heard, that we oppose this, that we want our ability to protect ourselves. Take the action. Be aware of this. If this does pass, I'm sure there's going to be immediate legal challenge, but I don't want to see any of you become a victim of this law, end up criminally prosecuted, end up disenfranchised of your Second Amendment rights. So now's the time, folks. Take action. Stand up. Be heard. And remember, the gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. And boy, does this bill ever demonstrate the truth of that statement. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.